Welcome back to Expert Instruction, the Teach by Design podcast, where we dive deeper into the research surrounding student behavior by talking with the people implementing these practices where they work and with the students they support. I'm Megan Cave, and in today's episode, things are going to be just a little bit different, but we're so excited for you to, to listen in. I think we can all agree that this year was rough, right? It had its challenges, obstacles, hurdles, other words that otherwise mean hard. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was, it was hard. And I also know that you all found ways to overcome that hardship and create the most supportive school that you could for your students, for their families, and for each other. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk about the wins, the things that schools from around the country did that went better than they ever dreamed they could. We sent out a call on social media. We messaged our colleagues, our kids' teachers, our neighbors. We stood on the corner of the sidewalk with posters. That last part's a lie. We didn't actually do that. But we did hear from a lot of folks about all the things that they did that worked well. And we wrote about them in our June article over on Teach by Design. So of course, once you're done listening in here, you're going to go check out those stories and, and feel an even bigger wave of inspiration, yeah? In, in today, in this episode, we're going to hear more stories from directly from the people who experienced them. While the strategies that you're, you're going to hear are all just a little bit different, the theme is essentially the same. This year, there was this profound focus on building relationships first knowing then that the academics would come as a result. I loved hearing about all the new ways that your schools worked to make those connections with students, even as instruction happened over Zoom. It really does seem like this year, more than in any other year, folks were given the freedom to check in on each other a little bit more, to look for ways to help a little more often, and to find ways to support a positive school culture a little more deeply. Before you hear from these schools, before we, we hear from our first folks, I wanted to let you all know that this is actually our last episode of expert instruction for this school year. I know. Don't be too sad because we're just taking a tiny break in July and then we'll be back in August with even more conversations. Okay, so here we go. First up is Horace Mann Elementary School in Oak Park, Illinois. With their students starting the year remotely, the folks at Horace Mann Elementary School in Oak Park knew they were going to need to figure something out to make check-in, check-out work in their new context. I talked with student support specialist Linda Crystal about how she updated their point card and relied on the flexibility of the intervention to get students the support that they needed, even during distance learning. To start the year, you know, we started the year remote um, and we knew we were going to be remote until at least Thanksgiving. We ended up staying remote until February. Mm -hmm. um, but just from the spring, talking to families, talking to teachers, we knew that we had kids who needed uh, support. You know, they were at home and some of them were in crisis. Um, so I think one of the things that went well that I was surprised by was just some of our tier two interventions. Um, I was really worried about how we would make them work. You know, a lot of our tier two interventions like involve that personal connection and that relationship and talking to kids and 
it's tough to do on Zoom. You know, we all are Zoomed out this year. So um, I was really happy and um, really surprised how, how well we were able to still support our students in need. So tell me a little bit more about that. What were some of the, um, the tier two supports that you were able to offer? Yeah, so we, um, we offered um, check-in, check-out. Um, we did modify it. I can tell you a little, do you want me to tell you a little bit about how we modified it? Yeah. So we were starting the year um, and we knew just from talking to families in the spring from when we closed down and teachers. Um, and we also did a parent survey at the start of the year. Um, we knew that we had kids who just were not doing well with remote learning. Um, it was interesting. We also had some kids that were doing so well with remote learning. It's, it was really interesting how well it worked for some kids. Um, and we knew that check in, check out, is, that was the first intervention that we ever started at our school. So that's kind of the one that we had down and we knew we've seen success with it, with our kids. Um, but we also knew as we were doing it, we were doing, you know, like paper point sheets, um, you know, like in person, you know, check in, check out. Um, and, you know, being in person, you have that, that time for teachers to check in with their kids all day. And we knew all of those kind of key components that worked about check in, check out, we didn't have. So, um, I, uh, I'm a, I'm a tech person, like a digital person. Spreadsheets are my jam. So I made, um, a digital spreadsheet, which we've shared with tons of people. A lot of people have used it, um, that auto calculated everything. So it was really nice. Um, you know, and I had a color code so the kids could kind of see throughout the day that visual as well. Um, it added up everything, gave them their percentages. Um, and then the other modification we made though, we realized, you know, normally for check in, check out, there's about nine points throughout the day where the teachers are giving the kids feedback on how they're doing. We knew even just doing it a few times a day on Zoom was going to be really tough. So I made it just the core subjects, um, check-in for math, a check-in for um, reading, and a check-in for writing. And then I put two spots for other, um, so the teachers could kind of decide what to do. And then typically for tier two interventions, we don't, um, we don't personalize them. You know, that's more tier three. So, but going into this, we knew that this is the year we had to be flexible. So also when I introduced it to teachers, I said, I can make any changes to this point sheet to make it work for you and your kid. So, um, you know, we had that kind of base template and then we tweaked it based on what each kid need. So a little bit different, you know, made it a little bit more tier three, but we, um, we just felt we had to be flexible this year. Um, so we, we put it out like that. Um, <clears throat> the other thing is we've often used a lot of our homeroom teachers to do, to be coaches. Um, because they, they have relationships with the kids, you know, maybe a former teacher that they really got along with and with them having to start their classes with zoom normally while the kids were unpacking and getting ready for the day, they would meet with their student during a regular school year, but you can't really do that with zoom, like just leave the whole class unattended in a breakout room. So we really leaned on our support staff this year and our specials teachers. So we had a much more limited pool of coaches, um, but we had a lot of people um, willing to help, which I was really pleased with. When I put out the initial call for coaches, I had like no information. I'm like, I don't know how it's going to work or what's going to happen, but sign up. And I had like 16 people sign up with like just not even knowing exactly what it would look like. So it was awesome. Um, so it worked. I think the hardest thing for our teachers was finding time to go in a breakout room and give kids feedback um, after each lesson. And that's the biggest thing I've been pushing kind of this past year that the, the point sheet itself isn't the intervention. It's really 
that meeting that they get and they get that feedback. Um, so I think that was the biggest area of struggle. Um, you know, so sometimes teachers would only check in in the morning and then the afternoon, you know, and give them kind of feedback on the morning, like, you know, here's how math is, here's how reading is. Um, but so that was where it wasn't ideal necessarily. But <clears throat> we could tell it was working. We saw kids, um, just their whole attitude towards school, just having that person to check in. A lot of our kids, you know, were at home and had like no one to talk to. On Zoom, you know, they were muted a ton. There just wasn't that same connection and communication. So the, the best part about it when, when we talked to kids and when we um, kind of evaluated and were like looking to graduate kids, they loved that time with their coach in the morning and the afternoon, somebody to just talk to. I know I was sometimes when, with my coaching kids, I would be in there for like 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, we've, you've got to get to your learning, but they were just craving someone to talk to. Um, and so just even that coaching um, aspect worked. Um, another identify kids um, to be enrolled this so year. We we did it two ways. One way is we used that parent survey that we did at the start of the year. We um, had them filled out instead of as a family. We asked parents to fill it out one per kid to let us know how each kid was. Um, and then we just, um, you know, did some color coding and like kind of flagged some areas and, you know, kids who had like a few red areas flagged on the survey. Um, we reached out to those families. And then we also just, um, I put out information, um, like I wrote up a letter just explaining how we were going to do check in, check out this year and the flexibility and what it would look like and asked parents or asked teachers to recommend students that they felt needed um, just that, that boost that, you know, higher dose of tier one. Mm -hmm. So that's how we got our um, kids this year. Yeah. Were there any, um, so you had mentioned that you, you let teachers know that you could personalize some of those cards. Were there some um, common personaliza personalizations that people wanted to make? Um, you know what, a, a lot of them actually, um, it, as it was, it worked. One change that we made, um, I originally didn't have a spot on there specifically for comments, but a few mm -hmm. weeks in, I realized the point sheet wasn't enough because- yeah. The, it was too hard for the coach and the teacher to kind of touch base and they didn't know exactly like why they got a one or a two. Um, so I added a comment section to everybody and that really helped with the coaching conversations. Um, they were really appreciative of it and it helped the parents as well um, to know kind of what was going on. Um, so I didn't put it originally because we never had a comment section on our, on our paper point sheet. Um, but just in the digital world of Zoom, you know, like normally like the coach and the teacher would pass in the hall or see each other in the teacher's lounge and be able to touch base and, you know, just being remote and everyone at home, we didn't have those same connections. So mm -hmm. um, that was one thing that I, once I started adding it for a couple of kids, I just changed the template and added it for everybody. Yeah. Um, and, you know, said it was optional, like, you know, there was no pressure, like if they didn't have anything to say, they didn't, they didn't have to. Another theme from this year was finding ways to create a real school community in spite of the distance. The whole PBIS team from Elkins Park School in Elkins Park, Pennsylvania joined me one day. I'm telling you, there were like eight of us in that Zoom call. It was great uh, to tell me all about the ways they decided to do whatever it took to make sure that students, families, and staff felt connected. Vice one of their vice principals, Sharice Nelson, sixth grade math and science teacher St Stephen Suplick, and their principal, Brian Wallace, shared how they managed to achieve their goal of getting at least 95% attendance for the first month of school. 
Mr. Wallace even went so far as to say that the school climate and culture this year was the best it's ever been, which is honestly something I never expected to hear from any school I talked to after the year we just experienced. So in our district, we started off the school year 100% um, virtual. And our big concern was making sure that students were present and participating. And we really wanted to make sure that we, you know, that we had them, even though we didn't physically have them in the building. Uh, so the first thing that we did was um, we came up with a, a month-long challenge to make sure that we had over 95% participation each day um, in school. And if the students met that goal, we promised them, you know, a, you know, something fun to look forward yeah. to, and we didn't tell them what. Um, and so we made the goal. Um, we had we and we were really at like ninety nine percent participation every day. Um, so we we smashed that goal, and yeah. the reward for the students was that. Um, myself and our principal, Brian Wallace, and our other vice principal, uh, Lynn Trimbetti, that we would dress up in inflatable costumes um, and participate in an obstacle course. And yeah. when I tell you, I think we had more fun than anybody. I was a T-Rex. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Wallace <laughs> was Mr. Incredible. Uh, Mrs. Trembetti was the, the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Mm -hmm. And we had a series of events that were put together um, by our gym teacher. And uh, Ms. Moore, who is our music teacher, and she's online with us today, um, was our, our master recorder of everything. And so we went through the uh, obstacle course and uh, Ms. Moore filmed it. She then took some of that footage and made like teaser trailers that we showed the students. Um, so it really kind of garnered a lot of excitement. They were so excited. Uh, and then the video was released at the end when they made their goal. Uh, and when you talk about um, just genuine smiles and enjoyment, you know, seeing the students, the, um, they were all virtual. So, you know, so everybody's watching this, uh, you know, in their homeroom, you know, virtual settings, and they were just thrilled. They had so much fun. Um, and then that work was then shared in, on all of our social media platforms for the school district. And we had tons of parent comments and parent emails about how much fun they had watching us do this. So there was a lot of positive community feedback um, on what we were able to do for the students with that. And I mean, and, you know, we have a great team around us. So that was the, the first really exciting thing. Um, that and it did. impacted their attendance. They got, they were excited to see you guys make a fool of yourselves. Exactly. To school. Exactly. That's excellent. <laughs> That's excellent. You got it. And you have it on video. There's video footage of y'all. There, there is video footage. Yes. That's brave. That's yeah. brave. <laughs> it is forever out there. <laughs> I think That's excellent. The, I think a big part of the concern going into this year was at the end of last year from March to June, it was a real, we were trying to figure everything out. And, um, you know, with the technology aspect and everything, the students attendance and trying to make sure that starting this year in September, end of August, September, that we, we really made a concerted effort to really make this feel like school as much as possible. Mm. So when the kids would sign on, they would feel like they were part of a class as opposed to feeling like they're in their individual pods at home in their bedrooms or in their kitchens or wherever they would set up their computers. So um, something like that and giving them a, a incentive to 
come on every day and to log in every day. It was an amazing, it was amazing to see. And it still continued on through the year. Uh, I mean, I can speak for myself um, in my class. I really have not had any issues with attendance um, with my students. So, you know, setting that tone in the beginning of the year really made such a huge impact over the course of the rest of the year. And it gave them something to, yeah, and it gave them something to work towards as a group, even though they were, you know, still fairly isolated at home, they had a common goal they were working towards as a school. So that was really great. Cool. What else? So we wanted to then acknowledge all of the good things that the students were doing. Their attendance was up, um, you know, they're participating in class and, you know, that, and there were some really great things happening, even though we were still hundred percent virtual. So the second thing that we did was we put together and I actually have a little, little sample here, these little shout out cards. Um, and so what teachers did was, um, you know, when they were recognizing students for things that they, they did during class time, um, they would, uh, we had a spreadsheet and they would send in um, to myself and uh, Mrs. Trombetti, our vice principal, our other vice principal, um, a, a quick note to the student. And we would write the notes out on the cards and put them in the mail. So students were receiving mail from school. Um, and it was just, you know, notes from their teachers just celebrating the things that they did. It could have been from anything from uh, making sure their camera was always on um, or really participating in class well that day or, you know, or even if they were struggling, just persevering through the work. Um, they found ways to celebrate everyone. So it wasn't always about high academic achievement, but finding things to celebrate. And, and to date, we've sent out over 300 shout outs throughout the course of, of this year. Um, so that was really successful too. And, and, and again, something we got a lot of positive responses from the community because they were seeing their children and their neighbors um, receiving these things and being really excited about getting notes from their teachers and from the school. So that was really, it was fantastic. I mean, mail is such a, it's such an, like a, a little incentive for kids. They love getting it. Our kids got something that was like, I promise you it was junk, but they, it's mine. They got it in the mail. They were so stoked on it. Like, so I could imagine it's pretty great, you know, to get something from your school in the mail. <laughs> because I was good. Like, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. The, the feedback from the parents for that too was amazing. I mean, the, the parents just, they, they couldn't say enough good things because, I mean, they put it on the refrigerators. So, you know, it was that, that you know, beacon in their house. Every time the kid would go to the refrigerator or walk by it, go and, you know, in and out of the house, there was that shout out for them. And, I mean, the, again, the parent feedback from uh, concerning those cards. And it's funny, it's such a small thing. Like you said, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a card, but it's, it's the, the idea that, that they were being identified and they were getting something to, in writing, we can all tell them how great they're doing face to face or, you know, zoom to zoom, but to have a card, I mean, it was, like you said, you know, somebody gets mail now and it's, directed to you like oh my gosh this is the greatest thing i've ever you know nobody gets mail anymore nobody gets snail mail everybody gets emails and texts and things like that so um it just goes to show you that the littlest effort can make the biggest impact on a on a student and the family
the last thing that we, you know, that we've really wanted to share that's been um, really, that was really successful was, and again, this is um, out of the mind of our fabulous Miss Moore, um, was a March Madness style um, bracket play for the, the game Kahoot, which is a trivia, an, inter an interactive trivia game. Um, and so each, we, we, we paired off all of our homerooms for round one. And then, you know, that was whittled down to round two. And so we went from, you know, 30 homerooms down to, you know, 15 or, and then, you know, and so on and so forth in the bracket play, um, all the way down till we got to the, the, the final and we had one fifth grade class against one sixth grade class and the sixth grade class was uh the champion this year and again they they were working uh, towards a, a group prize and so because it was uh modeled after march madness um we had another staff member who is a, a member of this team that's not here today uh, who used to play basketball so he's doing like basketball drills and skills um mm -hmm. for the students as their reward and he's doing it in a way where the students at that are still at home can also participate because that's been a big push is to make sure that even when we had some students return in person that the students at home did not feel like they were missing out on this in the in-person school experience so we've been very very intentional about everything that we've done to make sure that they feel like they are still a part of the school community so that's that's um uh, and and again we we celebrated that on social media platforms and so you know everyone was able to see um you know what we were doing and it was just again more positive feedback from not only our school community but even the community at large uh families who whose students are older and and have been through our building but recognize the teachers and some of the things happening and we're just really excited to celebrate with us which is fantastic and i, I would definitely say that the, the, there's a lot of things that this does as far as uh for a whole school level the one thing is because of the people who you see their faces and, and who some of who are not here, the buy-in for the staff is there. So as an administrator or administrators, we try to make sure that the staff buys into what we're selling for PBIS and that it's consistent and that just follow through. But because of the fact that the staff, including the people who are on this call, were part of it and it was uh, birthed from them, the buy-in and the consistency stayed, and this is something that's sustainable. And that's very important for moving on. The other thing is that I think that this program did was change the perception of the school. And not that we had a bad reputation or anything before, but uh, what I've noticed is, you know, how many people are like, what's going on at Elkins Park? Teachers that are interested in coming to Elkins Park, as we talked about the other day, students that are now excited are getting excited about coming to Elkins Park. And parents, when they, you know, see me in the community or emails about there's some really good things going on in Elkins Park, including that that wonderful display of uh, us dressed in wonderful costume was actually played at a board meeting with our superintendent <laughs> and entire community watching in closed captions. So that was interesting. <laughs> Mr. Incredible looks kind of incredible on a uh, big screen. Um, the other thing <laughs> is, again, <laughs> I can't say enough about the follow through because of the people on this call. Um, it's not something that you have to, you know, you can have all have a good goal, all have great initiatives at a school, but if the team doesn't follow through, it doesn't happen. And we didn't have to worry about that because the people on this call help for the buy-in and the follow through, and that's very important. And then the last thing is, of course, it helped us to reach the goal. Our goal was that 95% of our students at Elkins Park, who we have had uh, close to over 650 students, were actively engaged or had good attendance. And we're close to up to more like 99%. And that is because of some of the wonderful uh, things that are uh, or that go on in this call and the people who you see the faces on the screen and some who could not make it. 
So again, an outstanding program that makes a difference at all levels. What we're trying to do now is just figure out how can we recreate the success of this year, which was the most unusual school year in the histories of school years, um, second to probably last year. So two really weird years, and what are we going to do when we come back? Well, at least we have the groundwork laid, and hopefully we'll continue to move in a positive direction. So I think that's just a way to sum it up or how it looks for a school-wide level. That's awesome. Did you? I don't. I can't imagine that any of you would have thought that this would be a year that you would point to and say, "How can we make this year happen in person next year?" You know, <laughs> like I, I can't imagine. I would say that the PBIS model and what we have going on in climate and culture has probably been the biggest aid to a very unusual year. So the climate of the school is the best I've ever seen it. Now, I've only seen it for two years, but just what I hear from the community in the school, that should go a long way. I think the challenge, though, is what are we going to do when we have about 700 students uh, knocking down our doors, welcoming uh, them back next year to regular school, if we could call it regular school. But I think that this team and the work that they've laid down is stuff that we definitely want to continue. We loved hearing about the risks that schools took to try new things during this crazy year. Thurston Middle School in Springfield, Oregon started a weekly show that included an interview with a staff member in the building, asking them silly questions like, how do you make your grilled cheese sandwiches? Their Dean of Students, Cindy Banar, Assistant Principal Andy Price, and their Principal Brandy Stark said the weekly spot was the perfect way to forge new relationships between teachers and their middle school students. A class that was um, at the beginning, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday of CDL, and it was um, basically our homeroom class. And Mondays, the focus was community building activities with that group. And then Tuesdays was also just reinforcing the warrior character qualities and our PBIS system that we had in the physical building. And we still wanted to teach those warrior character qualities um, to our students in CDL as well. So we did spend time providing instruction around what those qualities look like and and how they can be implemented not only in person but then also online um, to, and, and then to reinforce those we had digital warrior compliments and uh, the digital warrior compliments were just a way to acknowledge the students for displaying the warrior character qualities that we were teaching them about um, we did modify the warrior character qualities for distance learning um, and how they were more applicable to um, online instruction. And uh, like I said, we had a, a lot of success with that. We had probably over 2000 compliments written for students by our seventh, eighth and ninth grade staff members. Um, every time a compliment was written, a phone call was made home to let the parents know that their child was um, showing, showing these character qualities. Um, and then I emailed the student every time that they also received a warrior character quality, identifying specifically what the teacher said about them. And, and the kids really liked to hear what the teacher had to say about them as an individual. Um, so there, there's a couple of things around our tier one PBIS system that we did during distance learning. Ms. Stark and I also did like a weekly, um, I don't know, show, I guess, whatever announcements that we would uh, send out to all the kids. We pre-recorded, but we would recognize all the students who had been Warrior of the Week on there. 
uh, and we had drawings for like pizza and, and gift cards and things that we'd mail home for students who were in the Warrior of the Week uh, drawings. And then any student receiving a compliment, uh, what Ms. Benar was just talking about was also entered into a drawing. So we were uh, recognizing those students who were winning those drawings also for the compliments. And uh, we, we still wanted to make a connection, like Ms. Stark said, with uh, the physical building and teachers with students who were home because one third of our students had never set foot on campus. So each week, Ms. Stark and I would interview uh, one of our staff members as well. And it would just be like random funny questions. And um, just so students who uh, had met them could get to know the staff members or see their teachers that they'd already had in a different kind of um, atmosphere. And um, kids enjoyed it and the staff did a great job. Uh, students could request who they wanted to see on there. Um, and we had everyone from like night custodians to teachers, office staff, um, EAs, everyone was on it. And every week was like the best week. Uh, every new member did better than the week before. So it was pretty fun. It was, it was really fun. And I think that was the piece that made the big connection when we were able to come back is that kids had seen the face of our evening custodian on Warrior Wednesday before we even came back or they they knew something fun about them and it gave them um, an opening for a conversation or it gave them a connection to somebody that maybe they didn't know. So when that's the face they see standing at the front door or their entry door in the morning, that's somebody who they can connect with already. It's not an, it's not a stranger. It's not a strange face. Um, the other thing is that we were really careful. I think strategic, I guess would be the word about how we assigned staff to grade levels. So obviously you have your grade level teaching staff, but we made sure that there was, you know, our, our LCSW was assigned to sixth grade. Cindy, who's our Dean of Students, was assigned to seventh grade. Our instructional coach was assigned to eighth grade as an extra face and person to support outside of the classroom. And when we were coming back in person, we made sure that those people are now still with primarily that grade level group. So there is a connection there um, with an additional adult that is maybe outside of the classroom for them to connect with. So those are the first faces they see when they enter the building in the morning. Those are the people manning those doorways, um, saying good morning, welcoming them into the school and getting them ready to come back. Same thing with our classified educational assistants. We assigned them to grade levels this year. So they were really focused on supporting that grade level. And when we returned in person, they're primarily supporting those, those grade levels and those times, um, especially unstructured unstructured times. Um, really everything is structured right now. And that might be also a big success story as well. But, um, and we'll talk a little bit about that too, about how structuring everything has really led to a climate of just calm. And it, it's, we, our days are, go by so quickly, but they are so, they feel really good. I think they feel good for staff. They feel good for kids. And that's been uh, really nice because we didn't know what to expect coming back after a year. We also had clubs, um, which we haven't talked about yet. Um, we all ran different types of clubs from 
Sports Talk to Travel Club, Lego Club, Harry Potter Club, uh, Spanish, all types of clubs. And um, we've, we've never really done that in the past. And again, when we started it, we didn't know how many clubs we would have. But uh, as teachers started seeing how successful they were and how they were able to connect with kids, um, because our teachers, you know, they go into education because they like kids and they like interacting with kids. And with CDL, they were, they were missing that and they were missing that kind of like more human connection because they had such limited time to get through the content during their regular classes. They were craving that kind of, you know, non-academic uh, relationship as well. So um, I don't know, Cindy or Brandy, I don't know how many clubs we had, but we had a bunch and, um, you know, some were well attended the clubs and others, you know, maybe had three or four kids that came, but they were always there and they were consistent. And again, it's just those three or four kids needed that. So we were happy to provide that opportunity for those kids. And back to staff response, what, what has been the most heartwarming for me is just how Com how committed they are to continuing to build these relationships with kids as they come in and how they actually feel for the first time in a long time that they've been given permission to let go of some of the academic stuff and really focus on that relationship building. And they're seeing the impact of those relationships in the kids' progress in the classroom and their behavior in the classroom. And so that's been really really good and you know we've worked structures in a middle school are extremely important routines are extremely important we know that we know and pbis is built around routines and structures and systems and kids knowing what to expect and that's something that we've struggled with um, in the past is everyone having aligned expectations everyone having you know teacher autonomy is very important and I and I understand that but there are times where you have to make things consistent this has forced us to be very consistent in the way that we do things and what we're finding is that teachers are recognizing that the impact of that and when we get together and talk about okay what what are the things we want to move forward that we've learned that is the thing that keeps coming up. We like the way entry looks now. It's so calm. Kids know what to do. Um, our staff is more visible than they've ever been. Um, everyone's outside greeting kids in the morning. Everyone's outside helping kids get off campus. Everyone um, is with their kids during their break times. And those are creating authentic conversations and relationships that didn't exist. And, and our staff does not, that's what they don't want to lose when we come back to quote unquote regular normal school. And so that is, I think that's super powerful and is going to build really strong culture moving forward that I don't know we would have had, I think it would have taken us a lot longer to get there had this not happened. So um, this last year, this pandemic has given us opportunities to do things differently that are spurring progress in a way that we weren't prepared for. Um, and it was amazing, it's been great. These schools weren't alone in their efforts this year. Schools across the country actively took advantage of the PBIS framework to support them this year. Our PBIS apps director, Kent McIntosh, wanted to share a little more about this larger context. Hey everybody. Wow, it's been a year. 
I haven't been on a plane for 14 months. My kids brought home recorders from school and I learned to play Baby Shark. And if that's not a reason to get back to in-person learning, I don't know what is. But as you've seen, it's been a year with some wins. There are more schools than ever implementing the PBIS framework. And people are using the PBIS framework to improve racial equity in school discipline, uh, teach social and emotional and behavioral competencies, uh, and address the trauma that many of our students, their families, and our communities are feeling right now. Making our classrooms safe, positive, and predictable is the best way for us to get to that academic growth that many want. So in closing, please use our tools to give voice and choice to our students, their families, and uh, let's keep in touch over the summer. Thanks for everything that you've been doing and everything you'll keep doing. The work you do to support your students, their families, and each other is always remarkable to me, but especially this year. For sure, it was a challenge, and you rose to meet it. If ever you needed to hear it, please know, we see you and all the ways you showed up to teach in spite of the chaos, the trauma, the loss, the struggle. We see you, and we're so grateful for you every single day.